you know, uh, I don't know what you're seeing in this church, but I'm seeing some awesome things, and I'm experiencing some awesome things, and God is, is moving uh, in this church. I still can't get over 14 people being baptized last Sunday. Wow. And, and if, if the praise and worship gets any better, I think we're all just going to go straight to heaven if we don't shoot past it on the way up. I mean, I'm telling you. That, and by the way, it's not just in here. Uh, last Sunday in Children's Church, Pastor Lori is right here now, but in uh, Children's Church will be in the next service. They had three children that prayed to receive Christ as Lord and Savior. <laughs> Hallelujah. And then there was another child after they went home, got saved. The parent was telling me they invited Christ. And so four children. And then this past Wednesday night, uh, I went over and spent some time with the youth. Man, that was powerful, wasn't it, guys? That was awesome. We had two teenagers that prayed to receive the Lord uh, into their heart. And so some, some good stuff is going on. So keep praying. Stay the course. Uh, let's keep going after the Lord and just see what God will do. In, in almost 50 years of sharing the gospel and preaching the word, I've never been more sure of a message than I am this one. It's not deeply theological. In fact, it's very down to earth and it's very practical. But I think that what God has put on my heart for today is just revolutionary. I think it's radical. It's going to seem third grade simple when I share it with you. But I think this has the potential of igniting the fires of revival in this church. So I want you to, to listen up today. And, and basically, what I'm going to do is give you a challenge, a very simple challenge. But before I do, let me share with you that this is something the world is doing and you know as well as I do that social media has opened the door to some weird, crazy things. Now, I understand some of it can be used for good, and I trust that you're using social media for good, but some of it's just crazy. Some of it's just weird. Have, have you been staying up with some of these challenges that go out over social media? This has been going on for four or five years, maybe longer. I, I don't know. But what happens is someone will get on the Internet and they will post a challenge. And that challenge will go out all over the nation. And then people will take the challenge. And then they will take their phones and they will video themselves fulfilling the challenge. And then they'll post it. And some of it is silly. Some of it's funny. Some of it's dangerous. Uh, and uh, I, I tell you, the first one that I was aware of, it's what's called, I bet you've heard of this, the ice bucket challenge. Heard of that? So someone takes a bucket full of ice water and they pour it over their head while somebody else films them or somebody comes up behind them and they're, they're filmed and they pour the water on them and then you see the shock. And it is kind of funny. And by the way, I think that one, at least initially, was for the purpose of raising money for a good cause, some research. And that's a good thing. But not all of them uh, were so benign. Here, here's another one. It's called, uh, maybe you've heard of this, the Tide 
Tide Pod Challenge. So, Tide, laundry detergent, pod, challenge. So here's the way this works. You take one of those detergents and somebody films you while you put it in your mouth and you eat it. Now, just when you think people can't get more stupid, they do. Uh, Seriously, you think, well, nobody would do that. Listen, I read this just a few days ago. 80% of all major injuries related to laundry detergent are tied to these Tide Pods. Yeah, I mean, that is just, that's, that's crazy. And, and here's another one, the fire challenge. I'm not even going to tell you what that one is. That's crazy. Uh, another one is the bird box challenge. And they took this from the movie, The Bird Box. And the idea is that you go outside and you tie, you blindfold yourself and you try to go about your normal day blindfolded and some people have been hurt. And then this one, I just don't think you'll believe. It's called the vacuum challenge. And what, what, what they do is people get in a garbage bag and they take a, a vacuum and, they, and somebody else sucks all the air out of the bag. Now, if you think, who would do that? I'm not making this up. There are parents in America who had somebody to film them while they put their children... I know our children give us trouble at times. But they put their children in a garbage bag and suck all the air out of it. You you can't make this stuff up. Here's one. The sunburn tattoo challenge. You've heard about this, haven't you? The kids, they know. By the way, if you don't know about all this stuff, you better plug into what your kids know and find out. So what you do is you make a stencil. It can be a, an image or, or a word or some letters, and you take the stencil, and then you put it on your skin, and you get out in the sun intentionally, and you get sunburned. And when you take the stencil off, there it is, the sunburn tattoo. Now, folks, I've never seen a tattoo I like. Hear it. Come on. Some of you older folks say amen. amen. Yeah. But I can tell you, I don't, I don't want a sunburn tattoo. You need your head examined if you intentionally get a sunburn. I, I, there are hundreds of these. I'm not making this up. One is the shell own challenge. Have any of you heard of the shell own challenge? Like, this is where you eat the shell, not the food that's in the shell. You eat a banana peeling or you eat an egg shell. Some of them even go to eating cardboard and plastic. I'm, I'm serious. America has gone crazy. America's gone crazy. Well, in just a moment, I'm going to give you a challenge. I'm going to give you a challenge. And this challenge will glorify God. It's not silly and it's not dangerous, but and it's very simple, but it's very profound. And it'll make a tremendous difference in your life. And I believe it'll make a tremendous difference in the life of this church if we'll simply take the challenge. Now, God gave me this challenge a little over a month ago. On Friday, January the 15th, my wife and I were in Tallahassee, and this is when God got my attention. So this has been brewing for a while now. That day, we were in a store in Tallahassee. It was raining and it was cold. And when we walked out of that store, there was a man standing outside. He was in old, shabby, torn pajamas. He had bedroom slippers on. He had an old, tattered windbreaker. Uh, He had a hat on. 
He didn't look like he was in good health to me. And he was leaning over a trash can. And I was cold and I had plenty of clothes on. He's leaning over a trash can and he's digging in the trash. And I mean, it was just, it was a pitiful sight to see this. On a rainy day, poorly dressed, and there he is digging through the trash. And so I reached in my pocket and took out some money, put it in my hand, and, and I walked up to him to give him the money. Now, l- let me tell you, I don't always do this. Uh, you, you follow the leadership of the Lord, and I'm serious about that, because I think sometimes when it comes to beggars, God will say, no, 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 yes, no, no, yes. Follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But for me, it's hard for me to give money to a person who's doing shift work. By the way, you know how they do shift work. You got one standing in the medium and three over there. And then they do shift work. It's just hard for me to give somebody money that's got a cigarette in his mouth and a cell phone to his ear. Uh, you, if the Lord tells you to give a person like that money, you do it. But I'm going to have to hear from the Lord. But this was different. Boy, I I just had compassion for this guy. So I walk up to him. I have money in my hand. I reach out to him and I said, sir, this is for you. My wife was with me. She heard the whole thing. He stands up. He turns around and he looks at me. I'm holding the money out. He, he does not have an expression on his face. He's not smiling. He's not sad. He doesn't look insulted. It's just almost a blank look on his face. And he said, no, thanks. I said, no, 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 really, really. I want to give this to you. He said, really, no, thanks. And he turned and started digging in the trash can again. And I got to tell you, I was as puzzled as you are right now hearing this story. Here he is homeless. Here he is destitute, shabbily dressed, digging in the trash, uh, a a derelict. And yet I try to give him money and he won't receive money. I I couldn't figure it out. I, I, I bet I didn't take five steps and I felt like the Holy Spirit dropped into my heart and said that was a test. That's what I heard. I turned to my wife and I said, for some reason, I believe that was a test. I believe God was testing me. Now, I've come up with all kinds of theories since then. Maybe it was an angel. I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it was an angel. Uh, m- maybe... Maybe it was a church plant and somebody had a camera off to the side and they were trying to see how people would respond. I've heard of things like that. I'm not sure about all the details, but the spirit of the Lord spoke to my heart and said, that was a test. And then I said to my wife, I said, if that was a test, I passed the test. I did what the Holy Spirit, I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to do. But I will tell you what happened After that was, I started searching the scriptures for the word test. Now, come on, if you've been a Christian very long, you've been reading your Bible very long, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes you've read a verse a hundred times, and then one day you read that verse and one word jumps out. It's in bold print. It, It has an anointing on it. Your eyes are open. God calls your attention to that. And that's the way the word test was. And for days, test, test, test. 
And so when I started getting back in the Scriptures, I started seeing it everywhere, the word test. I could hardly believe it. We are to be steadfast and pass the test, the Scripture says. Listen to this, James 1.12. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And immediately when I read that, I saw that there was a connection there between standing the test and loving the Lord. By the way, didn't Jesus say one time, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments? Didn't he say that? So, stood the test, those who love him. And then the question popped into my mind, does God, does Almighty God, the creator of the universe, the sovereign, omniscient, omnipotent God, does he test us? And the answer is yes, he does. He does. God will test us. Isaiah 48, 10 and 11 says, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Child of God, if you've been through the furnace of affliction at times, it it may have been a test. For my own sake, for my own sake, I will do it. For how should my name be profaned and I will not give my glory to another? Now, let me just break this down, but this is another sermon, friends. Before God will pour his glory out on you, before he will entrust you with his glory, he will test you to see if you'll give the glory back to him. He says, I'm not going to share my glory with any man, but if you will use his glory to bless him, oh, oh, that's a different story. Now, Jeremiah 17.10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. God will not just test our actions, he'll test our minds. He'll test your thoughts. And, and then if you go to the New Testament, we read this, 1 Thessalonians 2.4. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. Are you with me now? I have so many of these scriptures, I can't share them all today, and next Sunday we'll probably pick up right here. But but I just want you to know that God tests our hearts. The Bible says he tests our minds. The Bible says that God test us to see if we will carry the glory of God in such a way that he's not sharing it with us, we're giving it back to him, and he will test us to see if we really love him. Satan tempts us. God never tempts us. Satan tempts us. God tests us. So here it is. Satan tempts us to get the worst out of us. But God tests us to get the best out of us. And so, boy, my journey began on this thing about testing. Uh, One of the beautiful verses in the New Testament is is, uh, that God will test us to bring maturity. James 1, 2, and 4. Two through four, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith 
produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You see, testing is, is, is what's necessary for us to grow in grace and become complete, steadfast, strong, mature Christians. And then 1 Peter 4.12 tells us that testing is normal. It's not strange. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fire trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. When you went through a test this past week, that was not strange. When you go through a test tomorrow, that will not be strange. When you get tested next week, when you go through a trial, when you go through an adversity, when you go through a hardship when the world seems to be coming against you from every direction, that's not strange. Don't think that's strange. That's natural. It's part of the Christian life. Uh, The more I've studied this, the more I believe that God wants us as his children to be battle-tested, faith-tested, fire-tested saints of God who, who know how to stand the test and pass the test and give glory to him. I love this quote by A.W. Tozer. This is what he said. God never uses anyone greatly until he tests them deeply. Oh, friends, you want God to use you? I, I, I used to tease all the time about people coming to the altar and, and I've actually prayed with people and I'd hear them say, God, use me. God, please use me. I want you to use me. And three days later, they call me and they say, Pastor, I'm so upset. Uh, somebody at work is using me. Come on. Use me, God. Uh, friends, if you pray that prayer, here's what you should mean. Use me, God, in any way you want to use me. Put me in any circumstance you want to put me. Place me where you want me. I want you to use me so that your glory can flow through me in even the most difficult of situations. God never uses anyone greatly until he tests them deeply. And I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. So, child of God, the question is not will you be tested? The question is, will you pass the test? Will you? Will you pass the test? Will I pass the test? Now, now you may be, if you still haven't caught up with me, you may be saying, what test are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about the test of living the Christian life. I'm talking about the test of walking in the Spirit and not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. I'm talking about the test of making sure that every word that comes out of your mouth is used for edification to build other people up. I'm talking about the test of never speaking evil about anybody. I'm talking about the test of reading God's Word and believing God's Word and living it out in a dark and dying world. That's the test I'm talking about. It will not be strange or unusual or abnormal that you get tested tomorrow. In fact, it may not even wait until tomorrow. It may happen before the day is out. That's not strange. That will happen. It's your responsibility and my responsibility for us to pass the test. And when you pass the test, 
It gives glory to God. This past Friday, uh, I was playing golf. And uh, we were on a nearby golf course. And I was with Pastor Coburn. And I was with uh, a couple of our board members, Josh Gray, Todd Meyer. We were just having the best time. I mean, it, we, it was delightful. Fellowship was sweet. We, we, we prayed before we teed off. I mean, this was good. And then somewhere about the eighth hole, the enemy showed up. And as we walked on that green, I saw a man, and he was walking swiftly toward me. There's no doubt. He was coming at me. Now, can I just throw this in, folks? The Bible says, Yea, and all who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, shall suffer insults. I'm kind of enlarging on it right now. Shall be attacked. It's coming. It's coming. And this guy was walking straight toward me, and I could see the anger on his face. I'm honest when I tell you the first thing I thought was, we didn't see him, and I drove my golf ball close to him. I thought, man, and and so help me. I got out of the cart thinking, I got to apologize to this guy, because we drove up on the green on him. But that wasn't the case. He, He came up to me, and he just starts screaming at me. He starts screaming at me. Uh, Chuck Coburn, say amen if I'm telling the truth. I'm telling you, he was screaming at me. He told me, he said, you can get off this course. He, he said, you can go to another course, and he named some other courses. But you can't do that on this course. And I said, man, what, what did I do? What did I do? And he said, you broke the rules. I said, what rule did I break? And he said, he's, and he told me the rule that I broke, and I, this is what I, I did. I broke the rule. I said, man, I didn't know. I didn't know that was a rule. He said, well, you can just go back wherever you came from because you don't need to be on this course if you don't know. I said, I'm sorry, man. By the way, not one person on our team knew the rule. And so, because I I asked them. And and now, can I just stop right here just for a moment? I, I just need to tell you a story within a story. About a year ago, I was on a golf course, another golf course. You're beginning to sense a pattern here, I know. (laughs) I was on a golf course, and a guy did almost the same thing with me, and I acted ugly. I got in the flesh. I didn't say the right thing. I didn't do the right thing. I misbehaved. You'd have been embarrassed. I'm not exaggerating. You'd have been embarrassed had you... Been there that day watching your pastor. I embarrassed myself. I said the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing. It was so bad. I went home and I apologized to my family. I apologized to my children. The next board meeting, I went in and told the board the whole story and I apologized to them. I said, guys, I am so sorry. I even said, if I need to take a sabbatical, a pastor that can't behave better than that, maybe I need to t- stand, step aside. I just messed up. I'm so sorry. And I want to tell you, for weeks I had a spirit of heaviness and 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 grieving on me. I I was so hurt, so deeply 
It was so, so embarrassing to me that it took me weeks and months. And I prayed about it. I asked God to forgive me. I mean, I was hurt. But when I, when I walked off that course that day, this is what I said, that will never happen to me again. By the way, friends, when you make mistakes, learn from your mistakes. We all fall. Learn from your mistakes. And, and listen, I'm standing there and this guy is just in my face. I wish we'd had a little bit of social distancing right at that moment. But he's in my face and he is hollering at me and accusing me. And I'm apologizing and I'm, so help me, I'm thinking, this is not going to happen to me today. This is not going to happen. And so while he's just ranting and raving, I stick my hand out like that. He kind of looks at my hand and he's just steadily chewing on me. And, the, and, and, and finally, he took my hand. He put his hand in my hand. And then I put my hand on his shoulder. And this is what I said. I said, it's okay. It's okay. He said, no, it's not okay. You broke the rules. I said, I'm sorry. He said, but you shouldn't have done that. I said, I'll never do it again. I said, I, I said, I promise I'll never do it again. None of us. We just didn't know. I'm sorry. And he just, he just kept on. And, and finally, when he had fully vented, do you understand sometimes when people jump on you, it has nothing to do with you. They just got anger pent up in them and they got to get it all out. Next time somebody gets angry with you, just stop them three seconds into it and say, I'm sorry. See if that stops them. No. So once he had completely vented, he let, oh, I, I left out a good part of the story. So Todd Meyer decides to come to the aid of his pastor. Todd's a big guy. I have to tell you, I felt a little bit more comfortable with Todd by my side. <laughs> Todd walks over to the guy and he says, I sense that you have some hostility in your voice. <laughs> I mean, verbatim. And he looked at Todd and he started screaming at Todd. He said, you get out of this conversation. This is between, by the way, this guy knew me. He said, it's between me and Henry. And uh, I thought, move back, Todd. <laughs> Don't do what I did last year. Move back. And so Todd walked away. And finally, when he finished venting, he walked off. Now listen to this. Listen to this. I stood there. With one of the most wonderful feelings I've ever had in my life. I don't ever remember being attacked like that. And acting so good. You would have been so proud of me. You, I wish, I wish we'd had it on videotape. So I could put it up on, you would have been so proud of me. And, and then we, we went to the next tee box and Todd walks up to me and says, I think we need to pray for that guy, don't you? I say, yeah. we, we took hands. We had a word of prayer and we prayed for him. And I got to tell you, it wasn't phony and it wasn't fake and it wasn't superficial. I felt sorry for him. I felt sorry for the man that, that he was so full of anger. But I tell you, we prayed together. And rather than it messing my day up, it made my day. 
I, I'm not joking. It didn't, it didn't mess my day up. It made my day. Because what I realized is this, is Satan was tempting me to do something wrong and God was testing me to do something right. And I didn't take the bait of Satan. I took the test that God gave me. I passed the test. And I got to tell you, I had chill bumps of the Holy Spirit on me after that happened. And then I started playing like the best golf I'd played all day long. I, so help me, I even said to, to the other guys, I said, maybe I need to get somebody else come chew me out. Because, man, I am playing good right now. I'm talking about passing the test. Now, what if every morning you were to wake up and I were to wake up? And what if every morning, immediately when we get up, we were to say, my focus today will be prayer and trusting God and passing every test that he puts in front of us. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how it would change us? Now, let me, let me just say this. There will be times I haven't fallen on my face for the last time, nor have you. But I'm talking about a goal. I'm talking about striving to live in such a way that it honors the Lord our God who saved our souls. You're going to fall on your face. But I got a word for you. And, and this is memorable. This is something the Lord gave me. And that is that the next time you fall on your face, don't get all the way up. Get halfway up. Stay on your knees and repent. And don't get up. Until you have passed the test of repentance and you get it right with God and then get all the way up and do the next right thing. By the way, have y'all ever heard that before? Do the next right thing. Yeah, pass the next. I failed that test. I'm going to pass the next test. Now, what if a parent were to tell a school-aged child, listen up now, I've got something for you. What if a parent were to tell a school-aged child, you don't have to study. That's just nonsense. You don't have to pass any of those silly tests. That won't matter at all. You, you don't have to learn that stuff. It doesn't make any difference. And by the way, if you get up one morning and you don't want to go to school, you don't have to go to school. This is just nonsense. What if a parent were to tell a child, all you need to do is enough to get by. Just be yourself, follow your heart, and enjoy your life. Now, just about every elementary, maybe, you, maybe if you get to be a teenager, you're smarter, but about every elementary child I've ever known would love that mama and daddy. And at the moment, it would feel good, right? But we know that in the end, it would be disastrous. Friends, listen to me. There are preachers and teachers and book writers and songwriters and musicians all over America who are trying to remove all sense of responsibility off of us as Christians. This is all God and none of you. You don't have to do anything. Well, friends, if you don't have to do anything, if you don't have to pass any test, then every scripture I've read shouldn't be in the Word. 
because we are tested. But we've got spiritual leaders all across America trying to take all sense of responsibility off of us, and it's dangerous. Listen to me, child of God. You do have to study. You do have to learn. You do have to be willing to be taught. You do have to take the Christian life seriously. And you will have to pass many tests if you want God to use you for his honor and for his glory. Those are some real soft amens. So are you ready for the challenge? Here it is. This is the challenge. And that is, and this is like the internet. I got the idea from the internet. This is your challenge. I want you to to wake up tomorrow morning and and from now on. But for a few weeks, I want you to just wake up. And I want you to think this day is going to be a day of testing. Every text is a test. Every conversation is a test. Every time you get stuck in traffic, that's a test. Every time you have a flat tire, that's a test. Every time you run into somebody who's irate, that's a test, right? I know there are going to be some tests before me today, so I'm ready. I'm ready for the test, and I want to pass the test. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your phone, and what I want you to do is I want you to give a 20-second or 30-second testimony on your phone every time you pass a test. Just do it for a while. Like this. Let me, let me demonstrate. So I've just encountered somebody. Pull my phone out. Here we go. Wow, I just ran into somebody that I know is gossiping about me and saying mean things to me on the Internet, and I was so nice and so kind I, I, I loved on them. I never mentioned anything that they've ever done wrong. I even told them I love them and I'm praying for them. Wow, I got some kind of Jesus coming out of me today. I just passed the test. Really? By the way, when you do that, I want you to send it to me. Send me. Yeah. I, I was just watching... CNN and Fox News, and I heard a politician trying to get me to hate somebody else. And it just dawned on me, y'all not going to believe this, my phone is ringing. That was a test. I passed the test. I was listening to some politician trying to get me to hate another politician and immediately I knew it was a test because God says we shouldn't hate anybody. We should love our enemies and pray for them. And so rather than hate them, I decided to just pray for them. I'm never going to vote for them, but I'm going to pray for them. (laughs) Just threw that in there. But I'm I'm not going to hate. Hey, I just found a $100 bill on the ground. And I thought, man, I need a $100 bill. This is a gift from the Lord. But immediately I thought, this belongs to somebody else. And so I started asking everybody around, did you lose some money? Did you lose some money? Never could find anybody that had it. So I still got the $100 bill. But I did the right thing. I passed the test. I'm just... Listen, to reduce your Christianity to everyday decisions, everyday walking and talking, that's what I'm talking about. 
That's what I'm talking about. Hey, I was just with a group of people and they were saying ugly things about somebody. And by the way, I do agree with them. But immediately, I knew it was a test. And the Bible says, speak evil of no one. I didn't say a word. I turned and walked away. Thank you, God. I passed the test. Are you with me? So here's a challenge. I want you to take your phone uh, and video yourself. Now, hold on. Let me just stop. I know some of you old folks, you don't even know if your phone has a camera on it. And if it does, you don't know how to use it. Okay, I'm with you. I see, I see your hand, sister. I'm with you. Okay, well, take a notepad and write it down. But I'm trying to get you to understand that you take everything that happens in the course of your day and you bring it into proper alignment with the Word of God. Are you with me? And then testify. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. Don't you dare post it online publicly if there's one thing on it that would make somebody else look bad. Don't you do that. If it involves somebody else, by the way, don't call names. That's the best way to do it. But if it involves somebody else and you call their name, you better make them look good. The Bible says esteem others highly in the Lord. Isn't it time for the church of Jesus Christ to start living, acting, walking, and talking like the church of Jesus Christ? Isn't it? That's what I'm asking you. I could give you all kinds of examples. but do. And then, by the way, that's my cell number. Send it to me. If it's 10 minutes long, send it to Pastor Coburn. If it's 30 seconds or less, send it to me. You say, Pastor, you're going to end up with 500 videos. I hope I end up with 1,000 videos. It is time for us to take what we're learning and put it into practice in our lives in the most difficult situations. Just try it. Just do it. You say, well, Pastor, I think that's silly. Well, friends, if you think it's silly, then I'm going to ask you a question. Are you really passing the test? Because I got to tell you, when I was on the golf course and I was just rejoicing and feeling so good about myself. I, I'm serious. When I, tell you, I was feeling good about myself. I passed the test and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, are you going to pass the test when you get home and talk to your wife tonight? Are you with me? Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything we do yeah. is a test. Now, just in case you may think that's a little bit silly, I want to give you one more scripture. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 through 6. Here it is. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. What does it say? Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, indeed, you fail to meet the test. You see, friends, if you can't pass any of these tests, then you need to revisit the question of your own salvation. Does Jesus really live in my heart? So I want us to take the test as a church. And then look at verse 6, because I love this. I hope you'll find out that we have not failed the test. Listen, I want us to find out that we have not failed the test. That we're living, glowing, glorious examples of what Christians should be. And they shall see your good works 
and they shall glorify your Father which is in heaven. Would you pray with me, please? Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for what you're teaching me. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for testing our hearts. Thank you for testing our minds. Thank you for testing our motives and our actions. Father, we just ask that you'd help us. This simple little exercise, this pass the test challenge. Lord, I pray that you'll bless this church to do it. Bless me to do it. Father, we ask now that your son, our savior, who lives within us, the Holy Spirit that dwells within us, will rise and shine and emanate through us. Lord, bless us as a church. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.